Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. Coming up. Have you ever gotten to a place where you're just so driven, you're so ambitious, you're so, and you even get what you were going for, but there's this underlying depression? Or there's in the wake of your success, there's so many people that have been felled along the way. <laughs> You've had to climb that ladder doing whatever you can to get there. Because you're driven. What is it that you're driven by? Is it the sins of others? Is it the injustice that you've seen? If it is, today is the day where you need to just let that seed die. And where do you let it die? It's got planted at the cross. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We are, um, we are doing a series on, um, on, on, on dreams and, uh, and, and your vision and your calling. Um, and we do this every year, at the beginning of every year. Um, next week we'll have your dreams and goals sheets, which you can fill out, and then the week after that we'll pray for them and bless them. Um, but in, in the lead up to that, I really want to just preach on some certain topics that, that this question raises, especially the, the, the question of how, how is it that we can have ambition and have goals and how can we make sure that that is something that God has called us to do? There's that eternal question in us, I think, um, sometimes where we, we go, I'm not sure if what I'm doing is what God has called me to do. I'm not sure if what I'm doing, what I'm spending my life doing right now is, is my calling. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm wrestling with that. I'm grappling with that as I'm studying because I really do want to answer that for us all. I think the Bible has enough about that. We just need to find it and search it out. Um, but today I'm going to talk about um, a guy called Absalom. Okay, Absalom was... Uh, was um, one of the sons of David, and if you've never read the story, it's a really interesting story. I mean, the whole story of David and his sons and everything he did was just, is just incredible in, 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 in the book of uh, Samuel, in the two books of Samuel. But I'm going to focus on Absalom because Absalom was actually a really uh, a highly ambitious man. And he was actually quite a talented guy. He was very clever. He was very smart. He was, he was able to navigate through some very uh, interesting things. Um, but, but as you'll notice in the story, as I tell you, is, is, is Absalom's ambitions um, and goals and all of that became very misguided in the end. Um, and it was about what was driving him. It was that drivenness that Absalom had. There was a seed behind that drivenness that, that, was, that was the wrong seed. Let me tell you the story. Uh, so Absalom had a sister. Uh, his sister's name was Tamar. Now Tamar was a very, very beautiful girl. Very beautiful. She, the Bible says that she was the most beautiful girl around. She must have been very beautiful because I think Rachel is the most beautiful girl around. So, you know, to, to you know, I mean, she must have been pretty, pretty good looking. But anyway, Absalom loved his sister so much. Now, they had a half-brother called Amon, Amnon, sorry, Amnon. And Amnon was a, bit of a, uh, was a bit of a creepy brother. 
half-brother. In fact, he was a very creepy half-brother. He was a gross half-brother. He's the kind of half-brother you don't want to have. He thought that his hot sister was really hot, okay? <laughs> and he just fell in love with her. He fell in love with her and, uh, and was besotted so much so that it, he, he fell into depression because it was, she's like, that's gross, that's weird, it's not happening, um, you know, all of that sort of stuff. She didn't really say that, but I'm just kind of adding that in for the story, a bit of a masala into the story. And uh, it comes to a point where Amnon gets so depressed, one of his helpers says, why are you so depressed? And, and Amnon says, well, um, I, <coughs> I really like Tamar. I love her and I'm so depressed that she won't love me back. So they come up with this horrible plan, this disgusting and horrible plan, where he says, okay, I want you to, the, the guide, the, the helper says, why don't you pretend you're sick, so sick that you can't get out of bed and request to King David uh, to, to get Tamar to make you some bread and request that, that Tamar feed you with her hand. Like, like, you know, feed you with her hand. It's a bit weird. I don't, I don't understand why. Anyway, he, Tamar went along with it. She does what she's told. David says, go and feed Tamar, bake some bread. So when she goes to feed Absalom, sorry, Amnon, he grabs her by the hand and, and rapes her. It's really, it's, as I said, it's, it's a horrible story. It's a very sad story. Absalom hears about this. Even David, King David, hears about this. And David is, 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 really, is really angry. He's incredibly angry. And, uh, uh, and Absalom hears about this and is also angry. She runs to Absalom's house, her brother's house. And it says she was a desolate woman. She was broken. She was weeping. She, she tore this ornate robe that she had on and tore it and, and, and covered herself in ashes and, and wept and, and grieved. And I don't think she was ever the same after that. And nor was Absalom. So here's what happens. I'm going to pick the story up just to show you that I'm reading this out of the Bible from 2 Samuel 13. Let's read this. Two years later, in uh, 23 to 39, two years later, when Absalom's sheep shearers were at Balhazar, near the border of Ephraim, he invited all the king's sons to come there. Absalom went to the king and said, your servant has had shearers come. Will the king and his attendants please join me? No, my son, the king replied. All of us should not go. We would only be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he still refused to go, but gave his gave him his blessing. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon come with us. The king asked, slightly suspicious as to what's going on and why he would want his brother, whom he hated, along to this party. He says, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him. So he sent him Amnon and the rest of the king's sons. Absalom ordered his men, Listen, when Amnon is in high spirits from drinking wine and I say to you strike down Amnon then kill him so basically get him drunk then kill him don't be afraid haven't I given you this order be strong and brave so Absalom did men Absalom's men did to Amnon what Absalom had ordered then all the king's sons got up mounted their mules and fled because they didn't want to get killed either um, and while they were on their way the report came to David Absalom has struck down all the king's sons None of them is left. The king stood up, tore his clothes, and lay down on the ground. And all his attendants stood up with their clothes torn. But Jonadab, son of Shimea, David's brother, said, My lord should not think that they killed all the princes, only Amnon is dead. 
This has been Absalom's express intention ever since the day Amnon raped his sister, Tamar. My lord the king should not be concerned about the report that all the king's sons are dead. Only Amnon is dead. Meanwhile, Absalom had fled. Okay? Now the man standing watch looked up and saw many people on the road. Uh, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Is, am, I, am I? Hold on. Yes, okay, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> coming down the side of the hill, the watchman went and told the king, I see the men in the direction of Horaman on the side of the hill. Um, and uh, jo Jonabed said to the king, See the king's sons have come. It has appeared, it happened just as your servant said. As he, as he finished uh, speaking, the king's sons came in wailing loudly. The king too and all his attendants wept very bitterly. Absalom fled and went to Talmai, son of Amihad, the king of Geshur. But King David mourned many days for his son. After Absalom fled and went to Geshur, he stayed there three years. And King David longed to go to Absalom, but he was for he was consoled concerning Amnon's death. I guess in the end, David came to the conclusion, I can understand why my son Absalom went and killed Amnon. I can understand it. And, and after that, later on, he forgives him, um, and uh, Absalom comes back to the city. Uh, David has him come back. But from that point on, Absalom's intentions, ambitions, and drivenness had this seed um, of hate. He never forgave his dad. Never forgave his dad. Um, so much so that uh, he, he began to conspire. When he came back to his town, he began to conspire as, as to how he would take his dad's throne. So he sat at the city gate, and uh, anyone who had a problem, he would he would sit there as the king's son and say, bring your problems to me. And he would try and solve their problems. And then he would say, look, if only if I was the king, uh, then I would la I'd listen to you, all your problems because the king, well, he's not listening to you. And the Bible says that he, that he won over the hearts. He's a very smart boy, very smart boy. He won over the hearts of all the people. They all loved him because he was, he was listening and it seemed like David wasn't. Ambitious. He eventually got so powerful that he was able to drive David out of his own kingdom. He drove him out. David fled for his life. Uh, in the end, Absalom uh, got killed by one of David's men. But you see this guy who has ambition, who has drivenness, who's very clever, who's very smart. And you should read the story for yourself. It's, it's there um, in, uh, in, in 2, uh, what, what did I say? 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. Um, but the relevance for us, and what I, the reason why I wanted to tell you this story was, was this. Um, well, it's really a question. The question is this. What was the seed of Absalom's ambition and drivenness? What was the seed of Absalom's ambition and drivenness? See, if you had been living at the time of Absalom and you were one of his peers, you probably would have understood why he was so upset. Why he hated his father so, so much. Because it seems like David, King David, never really did anything about Tamna. He never really, he never punished the brother. He just is, is, is mysteriously quiet. And I don't know why. It's a mistake on his part. And, and this brewed in Absalom so much so that it, it shaped his whole world. 
the seed of Absalom's drivenness, the seed of his ambition was the sin of his father. Okay? It was the sin of his dad. It was the fact that his dad never sorted out what he should have sorted out. But here is the principle. You know, ambition becomes a problem for us when it is driven by sin, even the sins of others. You know why? Because sin will only give birth to sin. If the sins of others, the injustice of others, the injustice that you've seen, the injustice that, that as you've grown up, things that have happened to you, if that is the fuel for your fire and the fuel for your ambition, let me tell you something, sin only births sin. This is relevant to us because, you know, we, we can live our lives trying to prove people wrong. Because that teacher said, or that person said, or that parent said about you, that you would never be good enough. You're never going to do anything with your life. You're never going to do. You're, never, you're, you're, you're not this. You're not that. And we're like, you know what? I get energy from that. Thank you for saying that. I get energy from that because I'm going to prove you wrong. Listen to me. This is a very powerful thing I'm talking about today. The sins of others can be the fuel for your fire for the rest of your life. You can get a lot of energy from it, but let me tell you something. Sin only gives birth to sin. I'll never be like my father because he did this and he did that and, and he was wrong and I'm not going to be like that. I refuse to be like that. I'll, I'll never be like my mother. She never listened. She always... We can do everything to protect ourselves, do everything to protect our worlds because we've seen others do things that were in leadership in our lives and we despise them for it. It's heavy today. It's okay. I'm just going to smile at you. It's a bit heavy, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a good one. It's going to help you. We can live our whole lives like Absalom. Like, you know what? I'm going to get revenge. This was done to me. When I was a kid, and I'm going to get on my revenge on anyone that looks like they do the same sort of thing. I'm, they are going to have it. They're going to have, they've got something coming. I mean, I'm just going through a, some things that can be relevant to us and how this work out, works out. We, even, even for us, for, for us girls, I was going to say, for the, for the girls in the room, you know, you may despise your mother that she never worked and never had a career. You know, this is how it can work out. And it could be the fuel for your fire. Like, I'm not going to be like my mum. I'm not going to be like my mum. I'm going to... And see, and, and when, you, when you'd strip that back, if that was a mistake of, on your mum's part, if that was a mistake on her part, don't let that fuel your fire. If that was something that she did wrong, where you knew she could have stood up and all of that sort of stuff, and you hold it in your heart against her, don't, don't let that be the fuel for your fire. Kids, kids, kids who have... You know, one of the things that I... We went through this time. My dad was a pastor, and um, he, we went through this difficult time where, where my dad, uh, <clears throat> he was an engineer when he uh, gotten saved and he was, when he started following Christ and he was working as an engineer doing really well. Then he became a pastor. He was doing okay with that. But then we moved to Perth and, and dad, through a really miss, uh, sort of like a, a series of misfortunate, uh, unfortunate events, ended up um, 
losing his job as a pastor and he had been out of the engineering field so long that he couldn't go back into it and my family when I was about 13 14 that age when when things like shoes and clothes and all of those things begin to matter and you're worried about what your friends begin to think of you and all of that sort of stuff we just hit this wall as a family we had nothing 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 it was it was a horrible 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 time I I, I know I haven't tasted poverty like I've seen some of the people within this nation face and my heart goes out to them but I know something I struggle sometimes with not having money and you know why because of that time of my life that time of my life and you know what that is powerful enough it's powerful enough to rule me it's actually powerful enough to rule me I could let that thing uh, rule me completely and it'll give me a lot of money. I could make a lot of money out of the fuel that comes from that fire, but let me tell you something, that's not what God would have. Because sin only gives birth to sin. You don't want sin as the seed for your ambition. You know, all of these things are incredible motivators. You will find an endless source of energies from these things, but the seed is corrupt. And in the end, it will corrupt everything. You know, the hate that you carry, if you ever have kids, will get on your kids. Have you ever seen a bitter person have kids and all of a sudden their kids are bitter? You ever seen an angry person and all of a sudden their kids are angry? See, what you, what you, what you have is the seed of your drivenness gets on anybody else that you lead. We're not meant to plant with seeds of hate. We're not meant to plant with seeds of, of discord. We're not meant to plant with seeds of, of injustice. See, that was the planted seed that, 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 that Absalom had planted that turned him into this guy in the end who just all his whole life was to just get David. And you can live your whole entire life proving people wrong, trying to prove yourself, trying to, because the seed's incorrect. The seed's incorrect. We're not meant to plant with this seed. I want you to know something today is that Christ took all of the seeds of injustice on the cross the day he died for you and I. Listen, he was the only one that could take that seed. He was the only one that could carry it. And he is the only one that can carry it even Today, he even took the, finish, the punishment of our own sins upon himself. Even the sins that we have done, the injustice that we have caused against God and the injustice that we may have done against others, he took even that upon himself. I mean, Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6, it says this, it says, Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord God the Father laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. The seeds of injustice, the seeds of hate, the seeds of discord, the seeds of anger 
They were all put on Christ. He was the only one who was fit to carry the seed of injustice or sin. Because he was the only one who could take the wrath of God, let it kill him, and then rise again victorious. We, we were never made to carry those sorts of things in our world. Have you ever gotten to a place where you're just so driven, you're so ambitious, you're so, and you even get what you were going for, but there's this underlying depression? Or there's in the wake of your success, there's so many people that have been felled along the way. <laughs> You've had to climb that ladder doing whatever you can to get there because you're driven. What is it that you're driven by? Is it the sins of others? Is it the injustice that you've seen? If it is, today is the day where you need to just let that seed die. And where do you let it die? Let's go plant it at the cross. Let's plant it at the cross. Just take it and say, Lord, I ain't going to carry this anymore. It's yours. It's yours. You've got to let the seed die in Christ. And go plant it at the cross. Uh, it's, it's really quiet in here. You're all very quiet. You're either sleepy or this is really affecting you. I'm not sure. I'm just going to go with the second one because it's more encouraging to me. <laughs> But I just want for this moment for you to reflect on your drivenness, on your calling, on your ambitions, all the stuff that you would want to do in your lifetime. And I just want to ask you the question is, is there things in there that are driving you? Because the sins of your fathers, sins of your mothers, sins of those around you. But you look at that and it fuels your fire. Today is a day where we can just lay that at the cross and plant it at the cross and let that be. Let it be. I just want to spend a few moments, just a few moments, maybe one or two minutes right now with our eyes closed. And maybe if uh, shakes, if you could come, my friend, and just play guitar. Because I think God's just going to do something here in this place right here, right now. Where if the Holy Spirit is, is beginning to touch on things in your life right now, where you just know, you're like, you know what? There are things that are driving me. I, I've been vulnerable with you and telling you about the money thing. There's other things in my world that, you know, that, that I know that, that, that if I'm not careful will drive me. But we're not meant to be driven by those things. We're not even designed to be driven by those things. The only thing that we're meant to be driven by is the fact that Jesus was obedient to death on our behalf because He loved us so much. Why did He love us so much? Because there's His Father in heaven who created us, who was separated from us because of sin. And he did everything he could 
to establish a relationship. I said a relationship, not a religion. Christ didn't come to set up another religion. There is enough religion in this world. He came to set up relationship between mankind and God. Relationship. And in that relationship, He would take the things that hold us back. In that relationship, He will show us what is, what is driving us, what, is, what are the seeds that are driving us and take them from us because they were never meant for us to carry. He takes upon Himself and sets us free. I want to tell you something. When you are, you are driven by the love of Christ and the love that is for you rather than the, the injustice of for others, you are coming from a place of peace and hope and joy and love. And it's yours and it's never going to go. And when the, when the name callers come, when the haters come and hate and all of those sorts of things that happen in life, it's like, God is with me. He loves me. doesn't matter what you say. When the, when the money trouble comes, it's okay. You're like, God's got me. <laughs> when sickness comes, it's, we're okay. God's got me. And it's the, that fear disappears. We, we don't have that fear of, oh, maybe I've, maybe I've, maybe I've done something. It's so sad what happened to Absalom in the end. He, he was so driven by, by his, the, the hate that it was in him. And he, he had such a tragic death. He had beautiful hair and ended up getting caught in a tree. He's riding his mule and he got caught in a tree. And the mule kept on going, stupid mule. And his hair was so strong that he got stuck in the tree. And that was the end of him. One of the soldiers came took him out it was gone it was over story just finished so so wrong and so so and see this is the thing have you ever met a, an older person an elderly person who's so wound up in bitterness they might have everything but when you begin to talk to them you can see how much bitterness is there you can see how much hate is there you can you can kind of ask a few questions and get to know what it was that drove them to that place if you get to know them, you'll see that there is a wake of destruction for getting them there. But they got there. But see, only sin gives birth to sin. I um, have another scripture here that I, I, I must have somehow left out of my notes. But it, it, the scripture goes like this. It's, he who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh. And the flesh only comes to an end. This body is limited. The spirit of Christ that comes into us when we accept him takes us home. Now he who sows into his flesh will only reap of the flesh. That means it's all going to come to an end. But he who sows into the spirit... You have it there? It's okay, don't worry about it. He who sows to the Spirit will reap of the Spirit. It's all about the seed. It's all about the seed. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page.
follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai.